A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And with that, we can say farewell to another odd season, a strange season, intriguing perhaps, but a season that hopefully we won't ever see again because, let's face it, this pandemic has effed up so many things, including our beloved football leagues. But here we are. It's over with. Aside from, of course, a couple of matches next week in the Champions League, Europa League, and then, of course, it's Euro so uh, no rest for the wicked. Sharman here, Dunlop's here, Forrest is here for your Sunday slash Monday edition of Footy Prime, the podcast. And Craig, just before uh, we went to air today, I checked your, your Twitter feed and you put out a great post naming all the Canadian champions this season. And it is incredible. I think it's probably fair to say, Craig, that this might be, from a club perspective, the greatest ever season for Canadian Soccer players, like these are, are champs in, in big legitimate leagues. Yeah, exactly. It is uh, it is quite something. I, I, There's nothing ever been quite like it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you could almost say that Alfonso Davies by himself, what he's done over the last couple of years is more than the combined total of every other Canadian. Then you throw in the fact that Arfield wins with Rangers who haven't won for uh, nearly a decade. Um, Jonathan David gets to the last game. I'm glad Lil won it because they're in financial trouble. They're going to be selling off players. They won't be winning it next year. I guarantee you that. But it was their opportunity and his opportunity uh, to take it. They've won it. I think it was their fourth title or something like that. Uh, Milan Borjan for Red Star Belgrade. He's won four in a row. Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, of course, Atiba Hutchison, Kyle Laren, Bushiktas. Massive celebrations in Istanbul for those guys. And then you got uh, league title winners with Jesse Fleming at Chelsea. Uh, Buchanan is still holder, as I put her in the tweet, because she's still holding. But if she doesn't, then you got two other Canadians for PSG that are going to win the title this year or holding the, the, the lead position at the moment. So I can't, I got to pinch myself. It's just really is something. Um, like you say, they're not actually just playing in those leagues is, is pretty spectacular in itself. But to actually win five different European titles and looking at UEFA coefficients, if you go by that, it's probably the closest you can get by a gauge on leagues. That'd be five of the top 16 and two of them, France and Germany, obviously two of the top five leagues in Europe. So pretty impressive stuff. It's pretty awesome. And as you say, you know, it was a celebration for Canadian soccer just to have 
players in leagues like that in the past. And as that expanded to, you know, include, yeah, five or so leagues that what a, what a moment for Canadian soccer, but to be champions is, is awesome, especially, you know, in France where PSG can buy the title every year. And, you know, Lille, a team that uh, took a real gamble, spent a lot of money on Jonathan David and looked as though perhaps it was a flop. We were talking about, you know, on, on the Christmas show, should they loan him out in January? As he started so poorly there, you know, the, couldn't seem to find the goals was trusted though. And then backed by his manager in the club. And now he's scored the title clinching goal, you know, the first, the first goal. And what was a two nil win for Lille on the final day of the season to win the title? I think that's pretty special. Yeah, I agree. I think the Lille story is, is one that won't get much coverage here, but that's the one that stands out to me above the others. I mean, you know, to, to usurp PSG, it's, it's, it's not a small feat. It's incredible what they've accomplished there with that, that kid at the helm and finding a swim at the right time. And who knows where he ends up next season. Maybe they find a way to keep him there. But like Craig mentioned there, you know, there's, there's big money issues in, in French football and Lille in particular. That guy will be in big demand. We, we could see this guy breaking a Canadian transfer record this summer. Again, yeah. Do you think, where do you think he would move to? Do you think he could make a move to the Premier League? Because they were, were flirting with him before he made the move to Lille. I think it was a bit of a surprise to see him go to Lille for the money that he did because they usually sell players for that fee. So that means, you know, for 30 million euros, they actually thought that they could sell him for maybe double. And who knows this summer? Yeah, I think it was a good move on his part. I'm not sure who was advising him, but I think that overall it's a good move. He was going to get lots of playing time and an opportunity in, in what, what is one of the top five leagues in Europe. Um, and that's what happened. If he was in the Premier League and say he moved to any club and he started the season like he did for Lille, would he have ever have, we've seen Premier League players come and go like that. They spend so much time. It's just, they'll give you some time, but at, uh, at the end of the day, they're going to get to the end of the leash and then you're not going to get any more opportunities where he was, was probably that perfect situation for changing, giving time to settle into the league and in the end do very well for the club. Uh, obviously a very good squad of players. I mean, it's a, it's a good side. There's no doubt about it. And uh, they got some mental strength and some ability, pace, youth, experience. Uh, yeah, they, they built themselves a very good team. They should be very proud of themselves. I'm very unfortunate for them to be in the financial mess that they are. West Ham was sniffing around him, I think, um, last summer at some point, weren't they? So, so Craig, what, would you, what advice would you give someone like Jonathan David who, who might be considering a move, if not this year, then next year to the Premier League, a guy that's played in the league for many years? What would you tell a guy like him? Well, at this point, um, in the situation that they're in financially, uh, I think that this, this season and winning the title, that that would give him a ton of confidence that he should be able to take to another league and be successful. Premier League's another level for sure, um, overall. And it's, it's the kind of move that I think it'll eventually happen for him, maybe sooner rather than later. We don't know. But whatever happens uh, with Lil itself, Jonathan Davies in a, just a prime position at the moment, no matter what happens, he's going to come out looking really good. And I think for Premier League clubs and scouts that are looking at these guys like Jonathan David, you got to come up with a decision. Are they going to be that player that fails when they come over from a European continental league and don't do particularly well? Or do they think there's still much more left in in the tank and he's not even close to getting to his peak and he's going to be a top goal scorer in the Premier League one day? If they think that, they're going to probably get him at a decent price. 
It's just unfortunate the timing, really, for Lille. You look at any one of these French champions that usurp PSG, and the next season, you know, they're lucky to keep two of their six stars or whatever. Monaco just ravaged. Go back to Montpellier and losing Olivier Giroud. They're obviously going to lose some players. But, I mean, yeah, with the financial situation that they are in, in comparison, I, they could lose the entire squad. And, you know, the, uh, the idea of having Champions League football and, okay, some stability and some income, they're not looking able to look at it that way. So I feel really... Really bad for them because I think that the scenario of playing in the Champions League, you know, having a, a go at it, being able to keep a few players, I think that would be great for Jonathan David and his development. And you know, who knows, maybe a, a Premier League club uh, or a, a club south on the continent um, comes knocking and is a good opportunity. But just he just doesn't have the certainty. Well, that's it too. I mean, just say he stays at the club and they offload half of them, you're not going to be looking to be that competitive in the Champions League. And although he'd be in the shop window, of course, if you're in a really poor side and you're just chasing shadows, that's not going to do you a lot of good either. So uh, if they take this squad into the Champions League and they can keep them, uh, that would be different. That'd be exciting to watch and see what they could do. But I just don't see that happening. There's going to be so many, um, you know, English clubs specifically looking at the French League this summer and thinking, wow, (laughs) we can take advantage of a really unfortunate situation there. And you look at what happened in France with the TV deal, you know, these guys are getting half what they thought they were getting. And you understand now why the Premier League agreed to let's just kind of roll over the current contracts. They're not getting more money. They actually made less in the last deal than the previous deal, but they're being smart about it, man. Let's just keep this stability going right now. Um, yeah, I think the- we'll see that the Premier League, outside of a few that will feel the financial pressure. I mean, it's there for everybody. And, uh, but I'm sure they'll hold their fort too. They're going to be, looking at this like yeah you might have struggled but nowhere near us uh and some of the leagues have struggled uh it's a real tough time for lower lower division teams and clubs too to try to keep themselves afloat we always you know we're concentrating always on the top end of the echelon and uh it's nice to see that canadians are there but a lot of canadians are in lower divisions too and uh, a lot of those clubs are financially in a real tough spot right now I'm sure there's other Canadians in the lower leagues who have had great seasons too and have actually uh, won promotions and you know that we haven't even mentioned yet. I'm sure our, our listeners will remind us of those players. I know Wotherspoon, um, uh, David Wotherspoon, won, won two cups with St. Johnston in, in Scotland. Amazing. I mean, St. Johnston's one of the great stories in European football this year as well. Finishing sixth in the table after promotion uh, and two cups in Scotland. Two cups. I mean, we know that doesn't happen very often unless your name's Rangers or Celtic, right? It's That's just incredible. Right. Nick Dasevich's old team. I mean, he's a bit of a legend there. Yeah, that's right. Um, great for them. Yeah, if you started rattling an off off cup competitions, you could you could certainly add some more to it. St. Johnson, you could start ad- adding Champions League to Jonathan uh, or uh, Alfonso and everything else. You know, <laughs> there's not enough space in one Twitter thing, which is not <laughs> You need more characters. You need more characters. Yeah, it's funny, right? I mean, in England, so that in the end, in the end, the top four are really the big four, right? City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea just managed it in the end. Uh, Leicester slipped again in the final weekend. And and Leicester finished fifth, but they get the FA Cup. And I saw some post-match comments from some former players saying, if I was was Leicester, I'd rather have that than have a top four finish. Trophies don't come around very, very often. I forget who it was said that specifically on Sky today. A guy that admitted that he didn't win many trophies in his career. What about you, Craig? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Really good point. Because yeah, you don't win many trophies in your career. And yeah, it is nice to get in the top four and play in the Champions League. 
But until you get sort of down to the quarterfinals, generally, I mean, you, you get kind of <laughs> the usual suspects then. But, um, yeah, winning the FA Cup, winning that, amazing. First time ever for Leicester? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. How can you not? As a club? Ah, well, they're happy to win it, but the, the amount of money that they've won for the FA Cup with a couple few million compared to tens of millions for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. West Ham getting the Europa League, which is fantastic. It's more of a – I felt like today for them was more like a um, – Canadian women's Olympic moment, 2012, winning the bronze medal as opposed to losing the gold medal if they made the final. West Ham feels as though they won Europa League and Leicester will feel as though they lost Champions League. So yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? For Leicester. <laughs> oh, you feel for Leicester, eh? But, I mean, God, they say, again, late in the campaign, we, we, we talked about it in the last podcast, how they've done this for a couple of years now how they lose their momentum late in the season. But even today, it, it was fascinating as the games progressed, the three teams you know, in, in focus there, dropping out, coming out. You know, Liverpool were out in the top four for, for a little bit in the first half. And then they got back in there. And then Chelsea dropped out. And I thought they were done. Your Villa, B, were like bossing Chelsea for a bit there. I told and you they'd the give end, them hell. <laughs> I know, exactly. And then in the end, Spurs did them a service and, and smashed Leicester. Um, it was... It was superb to watch this morning i mean bouncing around from game to game to game that's why trying to explain that to a, a non-soccer fan isn't even worth it because i was you know on the edge of my seat all morning watching that stuff and for fourth place <laughs> yeah explain well, that well actually i was hoping for six for west ham and i guess spurs fans were hoping for for seven so they got in the europa was it conference? conference league <laughs> it's i just can't talk about that Honestly, I thought somebody was joking. I thought that's a great tweet. I wasn't taking the nick out of it. On the last podcast, kept mentioning this this uh, this contrived new tournament. I wasn't making it up. It's a real thing. It just sounds made up because already the Europa League feels like a loser's cup. And now there's a division below that. Um, Can we celebrate? You were talking about Canadian players who, you know, uh, had fantastic seasons. Um, Great transition here to Steven Estacchio, who's at uh, Passos. Passos de Ferreira in Portugal. Um, they qualified for this conference league. You know Passos Ferreira, yeah. I, I do, actually. I do, yeah. So, Canadian so, boy qualifying for that. Okay, really? He's going to actually get a big money move, uh, at least $10 million or so, to Porto. I think that that's the hot rumor. So, yeah, keep your eye on Steven Ostakio. But uh, these are the teams, some of the teams that Spurs will play in this conference league. I know you guys will be excited to tee up these yeah, matches. Yeah, I got, uh, I got, got the my, list. Um, yeah, I have, actually. Uh, one second here. David Ridley, David send you the Riley. list. Oh, me, yeah, me so, well. so Spurs will play teams such as um, uh, Servette. Like, is that Serviette? Like something you use at dinner time? I've never heard of that team. Inter Yumon. They're Swiss. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we have a Canadian women's playing for the women's team. In Servette. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take hey, a word for it. Charmin, Good. I think, hold on. I, I can't let you up the hook there because I think you've been fooled by the internet. Read that last one again that you just said. It's the bottom one of his list. The yeah. very last one on that oh, photo that David yeah. said. Enter your mum. <laughs> <laughs> That's I the had club that you just read as a normal team. Enter your mum. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Who put that in there? That's I don't know if any of these teams are real. There's Karen no way Andy? David, our, our good friend David, right? There's no way he would have done that on purpose. He's got too much class, I think. Harry Kane's leaving for sure. Oh, no kidding, eh? Anathosis Famagusta. 
um, Goricha, Ashdod, Shetar Karagandi. Now, in fairness, there are some, some other decent teams in the Aberdeen, you know, and Hibs, of course, could be in there potentially. Apollon Limassol is not a bad team. Uh, well, okay. Maccabee Tel Aviv. Yeah, Bate Borisov, Karabag, Lokomotiv Plodiv, CSKA yeah. Sofia. Yeah, teams that you, maybe you've heard of, but a lot of teams that you would never watch. Bate Borisov. Korobag. Remember Korobag? I think Korobag beat Barcelona in the Champions League, didn't they? Celtic. They beat Celtic, I think. Did they? I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Ruben Kazan beat um, Barca <laughs> one year when you he first... Can you just imagine the racism? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Man, there, there'll be some empty stadiums, I think, unfortunately. Uh, remember yeah. the Europa League? It was just brutal. It was one week after the other. Yeah. And so we can bad. say this because you know UEFA don't take it seriously still, so we know this is going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Wow, this is crazy. Um, Roma, now Roma, I read somewhere um, just before taping that they, they may have qualified two with a late equalizer, which means Mourinho could be in the... Conference League. Conference League, thank you. Wow, they're the <laughs> okay. Spurs. Spurs. Let's see, did Roma draw? Oh, no, you know, no, sorry, where's Roma here? Yeah, they drew, so I think Roma could be in there. Oh. So there you go, Roma Spurs. Remember Roma Spurs all those years ago, the bigger, the, the, the war, the... I think it was Roma, wasn't it, against Spurs in the uh, Europa League, or maybe Champions League, actually. And it all, all kicked off in the second half. No, I don't remember that. The, and, and the uh, who's the famous assistant coach at Spurs? He was there for years, hard as nails. Old guy. And Gattuso, I think it was. So it's Milan. Oh, sorry, it's Milan. It was Milan. It was Milan against Spurs. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh. And, and uh, Gattuso went nose to nose with... Um, you know the guy Craig. He's, he was there for years at Spurs, it's always with Harry. Yeah, with Harry. Yeah, exactly. Craig, you definitely know him. He probably worked with you. Yeah, probably. And uh, yeah, and they said, you know, it might look like a mismatch here, but you don't want to be Gattuso right now. Anyway, I got the wrong team there, so it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> Regardless, what we're saying is, there's some really shit teams in that in that conference, and I'm not sure how many of these clubs really enjoy playing in that on the Thursday. But is it Thursday or is it, is it a Friday? I, I don't know. Is it going to be Thursday mornings? Are they going to like put it like a, and totally shit? When Mondays? Probably put it on Mondays. Maybe Mondays, yeah. Exactly. You know what? Before, what day matters the league? Champions League. Oh, you know what it'd be good for? It would be really good for the B teams, reserve teams. Probably, yeah. But would the fans want to travel across to the you know, deepest, darkest Eastern Europe to watch the, the B team play? No, not, <laughs> they wouldn't go there when the first team is playing. Spurs <laughs> didn't take many when they went into Bulgaria and Hungary and all these places. No. The league member. No, you're right. But you're teams like Bur- Burnley and Aston Villa, those teams, when they get a chance at the UEFA cup in that competition, they're all over it. We're going to Europe, baby. West well, Ham will send a bunch. West Ham will send a bunch. I was going to tweet something out saying the last time West Ham were in Europe, people, when we won the coveted trophy of the inter Toto, this is the same thing. I think it's just rebranded, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe, well, no, because the it's, Cup Winners Cup was different, of course. Yeah. That but was it, it was it was too much. I mean, I actually like the Cup Winners Cup. I, I like the concept of it anyway. It makes yeah. sense. This is different because across the board, it's the same. It's, you know, the similar positions in the table, right? Fifth, sixth, seventh in the Prem. So, therefore, yeah. it, it's another tier, an extension of the Europa League. But there shouldn't well, be an extension below the Europa League. I'll say this, though. The last two podcasts, this one and the last one, we've spent more time talking about this tournament than we ever will going forward when it actually is happening. 
Yeah. <laughs> Until, of course, we're hosting that coverage on Again, a streaming service. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, I am more than happy to <laughs> throw my hat into that, into that ring. So give me a call. I'll host it. Yeah, that's right. Give it a chance. The only place great. at conference football is at Spurs. This coming to you from London. Yeah. Hey, we, we spent the last year learning that conference calls aren't the worst thing in the world. Maybe the conference league will surprise us as well. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, back to Spurs. Gareth Bale with two late goals. Do you think Bale has done enough to convince Spurs to pay those exorbitant fees and, and keep them around? I mean, Christ, they're losing Kane, so they, they can afford him now, surely. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do it. Still making three times as much as Kane. Yeah. I wouldn't do it either. I think he'd go missing for two or three months a year. Yeah. Golf season? Beginning of the season and at the end of the season? Yeah, I don't know if you could trust him to be giving it his all for the whole season. But he did okay, though, right in the end. I mean, I haven't got his numbers in front of me, but he actually did okay. Oh, he scored a number of goals. He's amazing. But at that money, you need a guy to have some type of consistency. I mean, isn't that our biggest crack on Pogba? When he's on it, he's on. He's one of the best players in the world. But for but, so much of the season and a team that relies on him, and that, that's the thing as well. Like, what is Bale? Would you build the team around him? Well, you can't trust him because he's going to get hurt. He doesn't seem like he's that into it. So then what? Do you make him a complimentary piece on a side like Real Madrid? Well, it seemed like he was out of sorts there, and the few minutes that he did get, he didn't look good either. So I don't know where the hell you'd put him. It's strange, isn't it? You know, you have to have that. The, the, the true greats have that passion and that hunger and they just live and breathe the sport. Right. And I respect Bale for, you know, having interests outside the game and not having that single minded approach in, in, in some regards, but it's a shame because if he had the same drive as a, uh, I don't know, Leo Messi, for example, the drive, a Ronaldo, even um, he could have been Ibrahimovic, yeah. older and he's still got that passion. Like he had when he was a teenager, but you don't, you can't, you can't create that right craig either have it or you don't have it i'm assuming yeah you 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 have to be self-motivating motivated and can't get away with it and look at the players that do find success on the continent you know i think that there's a certain type of of british person that is more kind of primed to be able to capitalize on a chance like that like look at kieran trippier i think a lot of people were surprised atletico are in for kieran trippier oh well there there you go he's just played himself out of the england squad because he'll never get minutes in spain he's one of their most important players he's doing interviews in spanish like yeah things that you would have expected from a superstar someone that that gareth bale definitely has all the potential for and never really reached it and didn't seem that interested in it when it was there a lot of players when you look at english players over time a lot of them never made great headway on the continent, as many as you would think. Now, whether that's most of them would stay at home and the money was always as good as it was anywhere else for the most part. Um, there are a few that did well, but... Uh, you can name them on one hand, right? Really? I mean, John Charles would be the one that stands out at Juve all those years ago, right? A long time ago. Yeah. And then you got, well, I guess Lineker did well at Barcelona. Chris Waddle at Marseille was very good. Yeah, Gaza, um, Lazio, whatever, but... Yeah, there aren't many. I mean, even, even Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey ha- hasn't done much at Juve. Again, injuries is going to just curtail him, right? But... That was such a weird one as well. When he went there, it, and it seemed as though, you know, Juve had to have him too. And, and I think he's on 300000 a week or something because they didn't pay a transfer fee. He turned up as a free. Yeah, that right. didn't make any sense to me. But then again, Juve don't make any sense either. How they finished in the top four. Uh, is that a bigger yeah, surprise than Liverpool, than Liverpool finishing third? 
Well, that's a good question. I, I, well, given the recent decade, I'd say so. Um, and ben, benching Ronaldo today as well. He didn't even start the game. Shocker. Yeah, so seeing, seeing that decline. But yeah, I mean, it's been shocks, right? I mean, beyond the, the champions, even Atletico winning this year in, in Spain. Um, I wouldn't... Listen, it's Atletico. They're always going to be a strong team. But but who's driven that team? You mentioned Trippier, but Suarez is just fitting there so oh, yeah. well. A guy that was washed up according to Barcelona. Right. And what a great look on him now. Right. P- pretty incredible. I tweeted on the footy prime account, the video of him. Uh, he was FaceTiming with his family after they'd won. And he was just, you know, melting into the turf, just, just tears of joy and incredible for a, a player like that, whose skill we've obviously seen. Um, but I mean, he's been written off so many times when he took a chunk out of Chiellini at the world cup. I thought, nah, that's it. He's not getting this big move. And, you know, Liverpool will be, uh, will be lucky to keep hold of him. And, um, they sell him to Barcelona. He reaches even more heights and becomes, you know, one of the most relied upon players that they've, that they've ever had to compliment Messi. And then they turn on him and let him go. And he takes uh, Atleti to the promised land in, in an unbelievable season. It's a really, really cool story in Spain. It is a cool story. You got to think that he's got to be happier winning something like that. When you got the big juggernauts of Barcelona, Real Madrid, always chasing you. Simi- you know, just the manager, Simone, Simone, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Simeone. Simeone. He's been there for nine years, ten years here. It's yeah. been a decade. Yeah. And That's unheard of, isn't it? At that level. Lost a lot of players over those years. They their their business, I was reading the other day, their business that they do, uh, I think they've nearly uh, signed a billion dollars in that time or billion euros in that time. But I think if you look at what they've sold, it's only slightly less than what they bought. So they they do really good business on and off the field to be able to manage against the, the bigger teams because they can't compete face-to-face, head-to-head. If you're going to do that, you're not going to do that. So you have to come up with some other ways to be creative, to be able to compete. And with a manager that's that passionate, they got the good mix there. I think it's his second title as well, isn't it? They're very creative, though, and it, being a team like that, and, you know, never having the cachet and never having the money or the flexibility with the debt that Barcelona and Real have, Atleti have got very creative with it. And third-party ownership in Spain, the rules are just different, and they maximize that to the fullest. And guys well, like is Jordan, Joe Felix leaving B. Uh, that's a rumor, but I think then again, to be honest, it's it, that's not Atleti calling the shots. It's George Mendes. That's what I mean, right? Because you mentioned the third party and all this, and it's it's, it's it's very slippery. I read the the Falcao scenario and what happened with Falcao, and uh, th- there's a whole kind of you know deep world discovery, I guess, into the, the, these backdoor agents and third party ownership and that. But at, Atletico wouldn't have had the money to acquire Falcao from Porto, so George Mendes' company loans them the money he he's the one who pays porto he's the one that makes the transaction happen and then he's cashing in hugely from these clubs having said that though these clubs are who are racking up debt hand over fist aren't able to pay these back so when he's able to cash in on that he just moves the player so falcao didn't want to go to monaco but the russian at the time was writing checks cash checks and george wanted to cash in so he moved him and that was the end of it small man so I think that the same could happen for as well, Felix. I mean, they're, you know, in the Champions League, you got to think they could be contenders in the Champions League again to keep it together. He's a really good fit there, I think. He's had some struggles, but he's kind of playing into it. I'd like to see a player like that, um, you know, who's who's on a good progression but still developing, stay in that scenario. 
It's too many Portuguese guys that have been on the brink. You know, Andre Silva is one of them, and now he's been a big success at Eintracht Frankfurt, but a move to Milan was was too big for him, and I think kind of broke him mentally a little bit. Obviously, Ricardo Quaresma is, I think, one of the great stories of a, a player who had so much potential and just, you know, ended up at a, at a club where things didn't go well at the beginning, and it just he never kind of reached that height again. So I'd love to see Joao Felix um, stay there again. What's going to happen to Nuno? Uh, Wolves, he's decided he's going to leave, so didn't wasn't yeah. going to stand for him today, but I wonder what will happen with him. Nuno's going to Spurs, don't you think? Oh, that maybe that, that would be a great fit, wouldn't it? I, I don't think that he's he's leaving Wolves for a, a you know a job that's on par or leaving Wolves to go back to Portugal. Well, I found it interesting that, that the rumors were that, that it was a transfer issue, you know, funds available to the club was part of the reason why he wanted the move. And, and this is an ambitious club when, when they got promoted and got the Portuguese, well, again, George Mendes, you know, involved. Um, and something's gone wrong there, obviously. They've been selling players every year. Um, they're still a decent team, but I love the way they play the game. And I think that's what Spurs want. Um, so that would be a natural fit, wouldn't it? I don't know what else. In England, if you want to stay in England, there isn't much else out there. <clears throat> He's not going to Crystal Palace, right? No. Not even more. So, you know, I mean, that might be the big job available. I think it'd be a great fit. Spurs would be lucky to have him. And I mean, you know, uh, I guess Ryan Mason's not Portuguese enough. Maybe they're going to do, maybe they're going to do another show. Do maybe, switch. maybe Nuno's the show for, you know, the, the coach for the Netflix show as they try and top the season that they had uh, maybe. on Amazon. Hey, what about Bournemouth blew it, eh, in the end? Yeah. Brentford could be uh, well, obviously into the final next week. Yes. Wow. A, a different story. I mean, Brentford got rid of their youth academy. Everybody started criticizing for that. They're like, you know, yeah, I don't blame them for it either because the same thing's happening to every club. The rules are stacked against them. So you invest money. I think the Premier League give you, I think they give 400, 500 grand per club. For the academy. For the academy, right. They said they were putting another million and a half of their own money in, and players were getting snatched up before their 17th birthday by bigger clubs in the area, mm -hmm. London, everywhere. Yeah. So they said, you know what, forget it. Keep your 400 grand. We'll save a million and a half. We'll use that to go out and buy and use all the London clubs that develop their academy players. They can't keep them all, and they'll keep an eye on them and look for their third, fourth best ones and take them. So they're still homegrown because they're young enough. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you, you understand why. It must be so yeah. frustrating for these clubs to, to develop really? and invest in these players. And then at, you said it's, it was one thing to lose these players at 20, 21, 22, but at, at 15, 16, 17, it must do your head in. Mm -hmm. What is the point? And they're, they're basically, they're looking for those, uh, you know, said the Jamie Bardies, you know, the late bloomers that the, they're out there and they got to try and find them and think, okay, well, he wasn't good enough to get signed at 18. They've let him go, but we think that he'll be with good coaching. We can, we can work with them. So let the other clubs spend all the millions on developing them and just take their second or third, fourth on the list that gets released. Brentford are also one of the few clubs that are not in the Premier League that developed, it seems as though, a very strong international kind of scouting structure. They've got partnerships in Africa. Um, they've got a partnership with a, our friend in Uganda there, uh, Charms. Uh, Adrian's Adrian Brebber, yeah. club that's just changed names. Ascent, Ascent, Ascent Soccer Ascent, now. Yeah, Ascent Soccer. Gulu United. Um, I think that was their, their first partnership was with Brentford. Mm, they sent maybe, quite, yeah. a, quite a few players to that academy. So I think that they've shown that they've built relationships, a similar type of setup in Portugal as well. Um, I'd love to see Brentford get a kick you know uh, we talked about the parachute payments i'm done with the cherries the hell with them 
Like uh, <laughs> J- Jonathan Woodgate will get a chance somewhere else to maybe, you know, come back. May- hey, maybe Jonathan Woodgate is, uh, is the, the person that Spurs turn to uh, if they're looking to save a bit of money. I mean, I, I don't think he'd be go down than, well. I don't think he'd be any better than Ryan Mason, but you never know the relationships <laughs> behind the scenes, you know? Well, hey, man, there's going to be a lot of uh, managerial turnover the next few weeks and months in player turnover. It should be a fascinating summer, actually. It's going to be wildly entertaining. Pirlo, I want to ask, is Pirlo staying then? Because securing top four, it seemed as though, you know, he, he had to do it to have any chance. Otherwise, he was going to be fired b- before he finished this recording. But I he's know, done it. I, he's I, got I them know. there. I know he has. He's, he's done the job, right? The hard way. The fans aren't happy. He's still a club legend, though. I wouldn't miss Juve. I mean, they're pretty ruthless as well. I, I don't think he'll stay. I think they'll find someone. Maybe Allegri goes back there. I think that that might be the only. Well, it's Allegri or Zidane. I think well, maybe Zidane Allegri goes. Go. It could be the switch, right? It could be Allegri to to Real and Zidane to Juve, which would be really interesting. Let's see if uh, Zidane can do it in the Serie. A. Is that, is that the rumor that had been that uh, one of them, one of them was, was holding it up Allegri. for Real? Yeah, but so I think so. Raúl is, is kind of right. a hot favorite to take over Zidane. He's taking the same route as Zidane to the hot seat potentially. But Allegri is kind of sitting there. Allegri at some point must get back in the game. He's a fantastic manager with a great CV. And he's just been sitting waiting for the opportunity. So, hey, maybe Spurs for Allegri, but I think he wants something bigger than that. Has he been doing the Alan Kerbersley, just enjoying it, life on TV and always being rumored and flirting with other jobs? But really, he's just <laughs> sipping cocktails and hey, watching matches? I don't think Kerbs ever enjoyed TV, per se. He was good at it, I thought, but he enjoyed it. <laughs> Listen, boys, we should uh, wrap it up. It's uh, our Sunday evening, long weekend. Thank you for joining us. That was fun. Uh, we're back on Wednesday. And we'll hand out our end of season awards. So let us know what you want us to hand out. Give us some suggestions for some, some odd, strange awards. So end of season, looking ahead to next season, of course, in between Euros. So lots to get to, and that'll be Wednesday. So B, Craig, thanks, fellas. Uh, this has been brought to you by Amsterdam Brewery. Mmm, delicious. DeanBlundell.com. Blue microphones and whoever else wants to sponsor us. Sponsorships. Sponsorships. Give Dan Wong a call. All right. Laters. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 